Zadia Johnson, the founder of Jet Constellations, a fast-growing software company in the city of Milwaukee. She's also the founder of the Milky Way Tech Hub, an initiative created to transform the city of Milwaukee into a tech hub that represents the city's diverse population. In this episode, Nadia discusses how technology and creativity goes hand in hand when servicing her clients or whom she calls partners. She also talks about working backwards, which helps her to achieve her goal. My takeaway from this episode is that there are so many ways to skin a cat. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you are inspired. Okay, let's go. Let's get into it. So I want to introduce my first guest on Optimistic Sounds Plus, the podcast. Uh, she is blazing the city of Milwaukee right now. I mean, what can I say? I mean, from Jet Constellations to Community Investor to, I don't know, going to Paris. <laughs> I don't know. What else can I say? It's, it, yeah, she is an incredible um source of information if you need if you have any questions about tech in general um and she is about to be a mogul in her own right let me introduce our first creative of the episode uh nadia johnson how are you good good how are you doing today i am swell um as much as the best as i can be i guess here in COVID. how are you holding up with uh COVID 19 staying safe staying out the way I'm doing what I can to help others, and that's what's keeping me going. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll, you know what? I know it's not on the list, but um, can you talk about just a little bit about your uh, laptop giveaway? I think that's so important because I think what you're doing for the community uh, is incredible. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So uh, my company, Jet Constellations, and specifically our social impact arm, the Milky Way Tech Hub, has partnered with the Sherman Phoenix, American Family, and Connect Business Consulting to provide 150 laptops to the Milwaukee area community, along with um, STEM-related programming for the next four weeks. Awesome. And um, it's been a good turnout, right? I mean, kids are getting laptops. Yeah, it's been a really uh, a really good turnout. I could tell that the community is extremely appreciative. There's a huge... Uh, gap in um, educational resources that's been really highlighted since mm-hmm. COVID-19. And so uh, we've been doing our best to sort of address these disparities with uh, these offerings of laptops and curriculum. And um, we were able to reach over 500 going on now, I think 600 mm. students. So wow. awesome. 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 So, uh, so explain to the people what's Jet Constellation. It's your business, as, as I mentioned earlier. You're the founder. So what's what's Jet Constellations? Yeah, Jet Constellations is a local software company here in the city of Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, it was founded late 2017, okay. and we didn't really get uh, become active until May of 2018. Um, had a little bit of a slow start, but the reason why I started Jet Constellations was because I was hearing that there was this growing narrative that Milwaukee was transforming into a tech hub. And I wanted to make sure that diversity and inclusion was a priority. And so, you know, one way to, to do that was just, you know, start my own thing. And so Jet Constellations initially was a consulting firm to consult uh, diverse owners mm-hmm. of tech startups so that we can begin to make headway in that space. And eventually I learned pretty quickly that even when startups 
raise the funds, they had a hard time building out the products and bringing it to market. So uh, we quickly converted over to a software company um, to help address that gap. And so I know personally I've seen you help um, a multitude of startup uh, tech startups. Um, <laughs> but how many do you have under your wing? How many people have you helped? And, and how many are you looking forward to help? Yeah. So uh, Jet Constellations, while we are a software company, we, we are also a concierge accelerator. So um, we bring on about seven startups at a time where we work with them on a one-on-one basis to take them from the ide- ideation phase to um, their MVP one. So taking it from idea mm-hmm. to market. And as of right now, we've been able to um, consult with and um, develop about 10 startups. 10 startups. Oh, that's amazing. That, wow. I didn't even know that. 10 startups. That's amazing. Um, so this podcast is about creativity, creatives. Um, so to get in, get into the creative uh, part of this interview, what, how would you define creative? What, is, what does creativity mean to you? Um, how would you define it in your own words, of course? It's a great question. Um, I, I personally believe that we're all born as creators. Okay. We all have something to create, to offer to this world before we leave. And um, creativity for me is about being authentic and really honing in on what makes you, you. And so I've been really um, leveraging that sort of um, mindset as I've been building out my business, Jack Constellations and the Milky Way Tech. I'm just really trying to figure out, you know, how I can be as authentic as possible mm-hmm. to stand out because there are many different accelerators, even here in the city of Milwaukee, um, many software companies. And so it's just about trying to figure out <clears throat> how can I be my most authentic self um, and really, really um, tune into my own narrative. Okay. And you, the key word there people are, is authentic, being your authentic self. I think a lot of people don't understand that. You can create a business, but your business has to have a story. It has to have its own identity uh, in the market space, whatever market space that is for you. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't have that, if you're not authentic, people are just going to glance right over your brand. So that's I'm glad you pointed that out and yeah. glad you're being authentic. Um, so what is your creative process? Um, sidebar, I know that you also paint as well, too. You're an artist. Um so it could be in regards to your uh, your your art, or it could be in, in regards to Jet Constellation, your business. What is your creative po- process? How do you quote unquote get in your bag? Yeah, I, I would definitely say that it's a it's a mix, right? I'm a multi dimensional person. Okay, um, everyone is, but I think um, millennials have really started to like um, emphasize the the need to. Um, share the different dimensions of our lives with, with everyone. Right. Okay. Um, aside from different generations that really, in my, in my experience only focus on, you know, the one, um, one job or, or whatnot. So for me, you know, I, yeah, I work at GE healthcare as a technical product manager. I also am founder of Jet Constellations and Milky Way Tech. I'm also an artist, right. I, I also play the violin. 
Um, so I wear many hats and, um, you know, the creative process, however, I think for me is, um, embracing that I'm, you know, multidimensional and, um, I think it goes back to just being authentic um, and knowing first starting with knowing, knowing who I am and what I have to offer um, and being very self-aware. Um, and I think that in order to do that, it, for me, it's about, you know, getting, getting by myself, right. And removing um, other variables. So I like to, you know, either you know, be at home alone when I'm creating or figure out a way to get away from the world for a bit so I can, you know, tune into myself and become very self-aware knowing what I have to offer, but also understanding where the gaps are. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, I, while I am good at some things, I'm really bad at others. Um, and so it just, you know, once I become pretty self-aware, um, I, I like to, as an engineer, right. And this is, again, why it's important to be tuned into every part of who you are. I like to, you know, figure out what the goal is, where, where do I want to be? Mm -hmm. And then I reverse engineer it. Right. For me, um, you know, my goal is to, let's say, make Milwaukee known as the most diverse and inclusive tech hub in the nation, the Milky Way tech hub. If that's the goal, then I reverse engineer it. Well, then how do I get there? Right. Um, and I outline, Hey, these are the things that I'm good at. These are the things that I can offer and bring to the table. Outside of that, though, where are the gaps? Where, where do I need help? And um, I, I create a, a vision that allows me to you know, bring bring certain people to the table to, to, to make that happen. Interesting. So you look at the you look at your goal and say, this is the end goal. This is where I want to be. And then you work backwards to say, OK, how do I get there? That's interesting. A lot of people always... Mm -hmm. I guess, move forward in a way of, okay, I got X, Y, and Z. And at the end of X, Y, and Z is this, um, mm -hmm. but they make their steps to how to get there. But you say, mm -hmm. okay, this is my end goal. Mm -hmm. And then you work backwards. That's interesting. Where did you get that idea from? Was that something that you learned in school when you were younger? Or I guess, I don't know, I guess talk about your education. Like how, how were you in school? Were you this pure genius or how mm -hmm. did that work? Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know. I, I think it, I can't say exactly why I go about it that way. It could very well be because I am a software engineer. And one of the things that you learn as a software engineer or a programmer is that there's many different ways to get to a certain point. Right. Um, and so um, as an engineer, a, a lot of engineers can attest to this. Right you like to break things and then put it back together, <laughs> right? Figure out how it was built. Mm. So you know, in, in the past, you know, I, I've taken remotes apart, different contraptions apart and, and then try to figure out how to put it back together. Right. That's just what engineers do try to figure out how it works. And so that sort of translates over to now as a founder, right. Um, you know, I, I, I have this really big vision of where I want to be, what I want for my city, um, the work that I want to accomplish, the legacy that I want um, to to have on my life, and now here, here as it relates to the creative process, are actually getting to that point. It's just a matter of you know breaking that bad boy down and figuring out well how did I how how where are the pieces, the components 
that are necessary in order for me to get to that piece. So it's just a, it's a lot of, um, you know, the, the engineer, engineering, I guess, um, background that I, I might have, but also just the fact that I'm an artist, right. Um, and, uh, a creator. <laughs> and like I said, I just, um, uh, I wear a lot of different hats that probably help me to get to that point where I'm, I prefer to reverse engineer my plan to get to where I want to be. See, and of course, we talked about you being an artist. So how do you weave those two together? The, the I guess, I don't want to say the hard data information, but the the engineering side, we know engineers are, you know, can be creative, but you know that, you know, one plus one has to equal two, no matter what. So how well, do you weave your artist artistry side to yeah. your engineering side? How does that creative process work well i think i think that everything that i do there's there's a something to learn or take away from okay Okay, so um you know there are different lessons that i've learned being a programmer and different lessons that i've learned being an artist and i've been able to leverage those lessons um to to um, take whatever project and whatever field forward. Mm-hmm. So a good example is, as an artist, I'm a, um, a painter, right? So mm-hmm. I work with acrylics. And um, you know, one thing that I've learned is that you, it's not going to start off how you want it to, <laughs> period, right? Mm-hmm. Um so you put a paintbrush to the canvas and it's not always, it's not going to look great at first, but if you continue to keep working at it, if you continue to keep adding layers, all of a sudden it, it turns into this beautiful thing. So if you follow me on Instagram, um, a small plug, but I like to, um, show the time lapse of my art, my digital illustration. So people understand like it, this was a struggle for like a while. And then all of a sudden, people can see how it starts to materialize and turn into something beautiful. Right. And I think that, you know, so that lesson is something that I apply to uh, many aspects of my life. Um, not just, you know, software engineering, the technical piece, right. Um, which it heavily applies to, but even being a founder now, um, CEO of a, a software company is that it takes time um, to, to get to a certain point right and things aren't gonna start off easy things aren't gonna look great right away but with enough time enough effort um enough grit and grind um things start to to pan out i started jet constellations with no idea that it was gonna pick up um the way that it has this um have this level of momentum this level of coverage from the media um and now this vision is, is starting to come together. And now not only can I see it, but others can see it too. Kind of like when I'm painting. <laughs> so when you paint, you said sometimes the, the start can be kind of difficult. Is it because you can't, can or maybe you can, can you see the end goal of what you're trying to paint? Because typically, like you said, with a computer, it's already built. You break it and you try to fix it back. You know, you, but you know what the computer looked like already but when you're painting that you just have that blank canvas there and you just create this piece 
how does that is that a different uh do you attack that differently or is it kind of the same thing that you visually have what you want to paint and then you just go work backwards on how to do it yeah that's a good question i don't know if they directly relate the creative process is not necessarily the same per se there i think the lessons that um can be taken from painting can be applied very well to engineering or to you know starting a company but i don't know if the creative process is necessarily the same i mean as you said right um with especially with hardware right yeah you've got you've already got the product you can break it right? right um but when it comes to like software engineering it's that's a different process altogether it's about you know taking in requirements right um and for us we we use what's called the agile methodology building out um, rapid prototypes and then syncing back with the customer to see, hey, is this this is um, what you're looking for, right? It's a completely different process than um, you know when I'm painting. If somebody's you know mm-hmm. looking for a commission, I'm not going to stop in the middle and say, is this starting to look like what you want? No, they're just gonna <laughs> get whatever right. I, I produce at the end. Um, but I do think that the um, as it relates to you know being a painter and a software engineer and founder of a tech company, I think that there is still a vision at the end of the day of what we want it to be. And it's just a matter of being able to um, uh, figure out what's the, the best way to attack it. And as I said earlier, is um, programming, one of the lessons from being a programmer or a software engineer is there's so many different ways to skin a cat, right? Um, and being able to apply that lesson to um, other aspects of my life, being a creator, um, being a founder, it's just, you have to be agile, you have to be flexible and know that there's not there's not just one way to be, be um, a creator. And so that's why I'm grateful for the different dimensions of my life. And that's why I think it's important to embrace all of the different dimensions of who we are as people, because there's a lot to take away from that. So let me ask you this. So when a client comes to you and say, Hey, I have this idea, this is what I want to do. Um, mm-hmm. are, first what, question one, do you work well with requirement uh, requirements? I mean, it sounds like you have to, but do you work well yeah. with requirements? And then question two is how, how broad can your strokes be, if you will, when it comes to uh, creating for your client? Uh, or I, or maybe let's rephrase that. What's the most creative thing you've done for a client? Got it. Uh, well, to address your first question, um, it's very important. Collecting requirements is one of the most critical pieces of um, the process because you have to be able to translate what the client wants, or I like to call them our, our partners, what okay. they want, um, translate that over to the developers, right? Mm-hmm. So that at the end of the day, um, whatever the developer has produced is exactly what uh, the, the partner wants, if not, if not better than what they had initially desired. So um, collecting requirements is extremely critical, um, and I emphasize the, this throughout my entire team. 
Um, and then your other question is something about what brought, can you repeat it? I'm sorry. I forget. No, 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 it's, it's fine. It's so what, what's the, uh, I guess what's the wildest you wildest you've ever painted for a client or meaning what's the most creative you've, um, gotten for a client. Are we talking about my software company? Or are we talking about? Yeah, your software company. Like, oh, I'm yeah. sorry, your partners. You you call them partners. So your partners. What's I guess for you? What's the most creative thing your team has done for uh, for a client? If you can share. Um, I think building out artificial intelligence. Oh, okay. Pretty is pretty cool. Some. Sometimes people come to us with ask and just build this basic app. But when it comes to like building out cool AI type of technology, um, it's fun for the team. It's fun for me because we're kind of learning as we go because this space is ever you know advancing. And um, I think you know we've been able to um, produce some pretty cool results. Awesome artificial intelligence. Awesome. That's going to be the future, of course. Um, so with COVID-19 coming, uh, uh, going on right now, um, how has your creativity stipend, if it at all, um, have you, how often have you been able to create and, and do what you do? Um, so yeah, COVID-19 for a lot of people, it's posed a lot of barriers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see it, I see challenges as opportunities to, to pivot and thrive. And when it, when it relates to creativity, I personally think that scarcity breeds creativity. I, I really do believe that, um, the less you have, the more creative you have to be, period. I, um, I, truly believe that, um, you know, there, there are so many problems to solve in the world. And if you had all the time, all the resources and all the money, then you don't have to be so creative on how to get there. Right. Mm, um, but if you have very limited time, if you have very limited amount of money and very limited amount of resources, all of a sudden you have to, you know, um, Figuratively speaking, two sticks rub together, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, now you got to figure out, well, <laughs> how, how are you going to make fire or something? You know what I mean? Like, right. is it when you have limited resources, you have to, you know, figure out how to be creative. You don't necessarily have the money to, to buy a lighter in this instance, right? Or um, you don't have coal or you don't, you know what I mean? So it's, you have to figure out different things different ways to to get to the end goal it it forces you to be creative when you don't have uh, when you don't have an abundance of time resources and money so in this instance with COVID-19 um I think there's an opportunity for a lot of people to as you like to say get in their bag right and get get creative um figuring out how to pivot from you know their norm um for me you know, I'm trying to create this narrative at Milwaukee as a tech hub. Um, and you know, once a month we have meetups, right? Um, and in order for us to, you know, continue to spread this narrative, we have to ex- 
expand our reach. Well, how do you do that when we can't meet in person, right? So we had to get creative. We had to figure out how to expand our reach. Um, and one way that I've learned to do that is by offering help to people. To people. So we put grants out there for small businesses. Of course, that helped our expand our reach because people are sharing that great opportunity, right? Um, and we're able to help um, a lot of people. Um, we're, we now have virtual meetups, but not just once a month. And we've partnered now with Code for Milwaukee to host these weekly meetups specifically, again, for helping people during this time. So once a week on Saturdays, we're, we're meeting um, to develop solutions for COVID-19. Um, and again, you know, that's still keeping up the momentum, right, of the Milky Way Tech Hub a different way um, than we were normally doing it before COVID-19. But, you know, here we're forced to get creative and start meeting virtually and more often. And so, um, and then again, with the Milky Way Tech Hub partnering with um, Pam from Phoenix, Connect Business Consulting to roll out the curriculum and the 150 laptops, we, I mean, our reach um, continues to expand because we're, we're looking to help people. We're getting the word out. And so here we're in this, in this pandemic where it, thriving it appears at least right where we're building partnerships we're expanding our reach in a way that we wouldn't have been able to do um or wouldn't have thought to do mm. um, prior to COVID-19 gotcha yeah that's it that, I mean you said it scarcity breeds creativity um and that's why I had you talk about the the uh laptops because when you're sending those laptops out to these kids you're Expanding their creativity. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure, and I don't know for certain, but I'm pretty sure some of those kids never had a laptop or don't have a laptop. Um, and now they're able to use it to do all sorts of things, whether it's, of course, your curriculum, but whether it's, you know, write a, a story or, you know, uh, graphic design, things of that nature. So I think that that's so cool. And I think it's just such a great idea. Such a great idea. Um so I want to get into some of your influences. Who do you look up to first in the tech world and I guess in 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 the art world, in the art community? Who do, who are those people that you look up to that you get, you know, you to get your spark, your inspiration from? Uh Yeah, for tech, I think it's um I really I'm a big fan of Jessica Matthews. Okay. I don't know if uh if you're aware of who she is. Mm, so she's right. a, a young black woman. I think she's in her early thirties, okay. um, but she started this um, company. I think it's like called like uncharted, uncharted players. I think that's what it's called, but it, it started because of a project that she took on. I think like our junior year in college where she built out this product called like soccer or socket mm -hmm. where like a, soc a soccer ball can take the kinetic energy created from being tossed around and kicked and it transforms into renewable energy. Wow. And so for us, it sounds like a cool gadget, right? But to people who live in what I call light poverty, this is a game changer. And so what she did is, you know, from this pro project that she built out in her college career, she transformed this into her startup called Uncharted Play. Um, 
And eventually, after, you know, gaining some success there, she um, pivoted from just manufacturing toys and sports products to um, scaling her mission to creating a large, larger infrastructural solution around cost-efficient energy. So basically, she's like um, Princess Shuri from Black Panther, mm. um, real-life Princess Shuri. So, um, so she pivoted from Uncharted Play to what's called Uncharted Power now, and I encourage people to look her up. And she's since raised around seven million dollars, um, one of the largest Series A ever raised by a Black founder. Mm. Um, and I think she's just super inspiring. And so, once every like eight weeks, I listen to her talk given at the Grace Hopper. I actually um, was um, present um, when she gave that uh, her talk live. Um, at the Grace Hopper conference and she talks about her journey and it's just amazing and um, it's very inspiring to me. And so I encourage people to um, go on YouTube and look up Jessica Matthews, 2018 Grace Hopper conference. Awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then in the art world, who do you look up to? Is there any painters or uh, any artists that you look up to? No, not in particular. Um, I, I usually just, focus in on my own art and illustration. I sometimes don't like to pay much attention to other artists mm. um, because I I try not to um, take in other people's styles. Mm. Um, I, I, I find that, you know, the more that I study other arts, it ends up seeping into mine. Uh. And while that's okay, um, I try to be as authentic as possible. Um, otherwise, I guess to me, like it's kind of like music where... Um, you listen to certain artists and then you find, you know, that sort of style or you end up remixing something mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of like baby fix where I don't like do remixes. <laughs> so uh, I like to do my own. <laughs> I like to do my own art and stay as authentic as possible. And so okay. I don't really have anyone that I can like reference right now. I love Frida Kahlo, but gotcha. no one to do that I really can reference. Okay. No problem at all. So um, what are some of your projects that you're working on currently and in, in, uh, in anything that you might have done uh, that you haven't highlighted as of yet? Projects that I haven't highlighted as of yet. Well, I've got a lot going on now. <laughs> um, I think we um, touched on most of what I'm working on mm -hmm. for the most part. I think... One thing that I actually am launching this week, it's supposed to be today, actually, probably tomorrow now, is um, a Black Tech M MKE campaign okay. where I'll be collecting names and resumes of folks that are looking to um, you know, get hired, especially during this pandemic, right? Some people have lost their jobs. And so I want to um, really touch base with um, and connect with um, Black Tech Milwaukee, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and so um, I'll be launching a campaign later on this week where we'll be um, soliciting folks to sign up to our distribution list so that they have access to um, specific resources that connect them to, that can connect them to recruiters and information. Cool. That's awesome. I think that's, that's really, that's really cool to especially help out with those that have lost their jobs because we, as we know, millions of people have lost their jobs during this and, and during this COVID nineteen uh, era epidemic pandemic. Excuse me, um, it's been really tough. So 
Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, now I'm going to go ahead and get into some music questions. Um, so I just want to kind of just see what your tastes are uh, and just where you where you're going to take us uh, on this on this musical ride. So I'm going to start off with this. What's your favorite genre of music? I want to say Motown R&B. R&B. Okay, why? So why do you like uh, Motown or, or R&B? Well, I grew up uh, listening to that. My mother and father are always playing artists in the Motown era. And um, yeah, I just really vibe <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, to all of, all of um, that kind of music, um, specifically like uh, Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder. Um, and I feel like there are different points in my life where I was like playing a lot of different Motown hits. (laughs) Um, Do you have a fond memory that's connected with either R&B or Motown? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like, you know, every chapter of my life has its own soundtrack. Um, for me, I'm, I mean, what do you think of when you hear signs still delivered, right? Mm -hmm. Um, President Obama, that whole era where we yeah. were, <laughs> um, I was, I feel like, you know, on top of the world, um, the level of hope, um, the infectiousness of, um, you know, his, his speech, his speeches and the, um, spirit of hope that was just, you know, spread across it feels like the world um, in that era and that song signs of deliver by Stevie wonder brings me back to that, that time of hope and, and joy. And um, so that's one of the more fond memories that I have. And then um, I love, I love Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. My, my family is really big on Motown. So it just takes me back to all the family reunions. And I play a lot of Marvin Gaye now um, since I launched my company. And we have like a very heavy space theme. And so one of my favorite records um, of his from his album, Hear My Dear, um, called Funky Space Reincarnation. I absolutely love that song. Um, and so if you ever come to one of my events, it's likely that that'll be played in the background. <laughs> so what's your top three, I guess, R&B acts? Could be for anything. Could be for who you. I don't know. Uh, singing wise or musically, as far as instrumentation wise or albums, whatever. Who's your top three acts? Um, I guess the ones that I named: uh, Marvin Gaye, um, Stevie Wonder. I love the Isley Brothers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, what's your What's your least favorite genre, and why? I don't like I don't like mumble rap. I don't understand it. Oh, okay. Interesting. Mumble. <laughs> All right. Just for the sure fact that you just can't understand it. Yeah. Okay. No. Well, I guess that's what mumble means, but it's interesting. I, I didn't I uh I didn't expect that one. I thought I thought you were actually gonna go and I maybe this is my own assumption. I shouldn't assume assumed, but uh, I thought you were gonna go country. But um No, I like country. You like country, okay. Interesting. I didn't oh, know that. Um <laughs> If you could see anyone's concert or go to anyone's concert, who would it be? Alive or transitioned? 
transitioned Nat King Cole. Nat King Cole. Okay, why? Why Nat King Cole? He's just um, magical. Ah. Magical. He's a uh, brilliant pianist. Um, has one of the smoothest voices um, I've ever heard. And he was my grandpa's favorite. Mm, awesome. Awesome. Music just has a good tag. Good fun memory always attached to it. Um, tell me a time when music got you out of a dark place. So I know we can we can tag it to good fun memories, but has there been a time where it got you out of a dark place or a certain uh, song? Thankfully, I've not been in many dark places. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Um, there was an instance where um, the first, like, really close death um, had happened mm-hmm. to me. Um, my orchestra instructor passed away in 2012, and that was like, the first, like, hard hit mm-hmm. for me. And um, it was a gospel song by Byron Cage, I believe, called uh, I Will Bless the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I played the song over and over every day to help me get through that time. I was so wow. devastated when she passed. Yeah. Byron Cage, I will bless the Lord. Oh, that's, that, I, I do love that song. That's, inter- that's interesting. I, I want to attribute that to, I wouldn't say it's a sad song, but um, any, I mean, any song that gets you out of a dark place or, um, I don't know, encourages you, I think um, that is definitely something that to be to keep playing over and over again to get you, push you back into your spirits. Um, so as we in, you know, in towards the end of this interview here, um, you want to tag your social media, Jack Constellations. Uh, and if like, if you might've thought anything else that might be coming up that we should be aware of, definitely let us know. Yeah, sure. Um, if you want to follow our Instagram, Jack Constellations or, um, Feel free to follow our Twitter page as well, the Milky Way MK. Awesome. Once again, thank you so much for being our first guest. We truly appreciate it. Um, you're awesome. Thanks. <laughs> All right. <laughs>